Hi everyone, welcome back to season two of Business and Chai. I'm Anita, the director of product at Biscuit and Chai. I'm Urjan, CEO and head developer. I'm Gaurav, and I'm very sick of troubleshooting Zoom issues. Um, I'm here too, oh, you guys. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only noticed We have a very special guest today who we forgot to introduce because she also happens to be family. We're just going to have the entire family on our podcast at one point. But uh, we'd like to welcome Versha, who is Ooh, a senior media. Yeah. What do you do again? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for not only not introducing me, but for getting my title. Uh, Yes, if anybody cares, my name is Varsha, and I am a senior digital media buyer at a very large media corporation. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. Uh, A Fortune 500 company, I think. Yes, it is. It is very fortunate. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Versha. We're so glad to have you here. We decided to do this episode because we're going to be talking about digital marketing. And we thought it would be great to have someone coming from your background who's really in the thick of things to come on the show and answer a lot of questions that we've been filtering out of our DMs that I know Gaurav's going to read off throughout the episode. Hopefully these are all relevant questions, knowing the questionable stuff we get sometimes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me, even though I know we are family, so it's easy to get me. But uh, I'm excited to answer some of these questions. Yes. And just just so our audience knows, we do have for season two, a lot of guests planned, or at least some guests, I shouldn't say a lot, but we do have other guests that are not related to us in any way planned to come on the show. (laughs) Also, some who might be related to us. Yeah. Yeah. Some who might be related because that's just how it works. But Yes, we're 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 gonna for season two aim to get some guests on the show that are experts in their fields to help answer the questions that come through to us because sometimes we get a lot of questions and we thought just you know instead of us answering it ourselves it would be great to have like people that are in our network to come on and answer them as well. All right, so with that, let's get started. As you know, a lot of people who follow our account are more entrepreneurial minded and are starting their own things. So naturally, we got a lot of marketing questions. And Versha, being a marketing expert, this first question is for you. Are you single and looking for a husband at this time? (laughs) Did did my mother send in that question? Sounds like something she, she would was, do. She was a paid sponsor for that <laughs> question. <laughs> she sponsored uh, that segment. No, no comment. But if anyone would like to know, Versha is single. Um, send okay. us a DM if you're let's, interested. Let's move on. Let's let's move on immediately. <laughs> okay, Versha. What are the best platforms to market my business? That is a good question. So. Um, we at, uh, my (laughs) big fortune 500 media company work with, uh, a number of platforms, um, but Facebook and Instagram really being kind of, you know, the big, um, veteran platforms that we do kind of majority of our digital marketing on just because, you know, they do have the reach, their ad platforms do have, um, a wide, you know, um, 
targeting. Um, they have a lot of different tools and resources for, you know, advertisers. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram definitely would be the bigger two platforms, but we are definitely, you know, YouTube is is definitely a big one that we work with a lot. Um, and TikTok is really up and coming now. So we're definitely exploring a lot more of that platform as well. But um, again, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube um, would probably be where I, where, you know, if you were just getting started is where I would start out. I think maybe to add to that also, it also depends on the type of business you have and who your target market is, right? So if your product is something geared towards like, let's say retirement savings or like, you know, how to spend your retirement, you would probably aim your ads more on like a Facebook platform um, versus if you were trying to sell, I don't know what's like new and hip these days. I'm, I'm too old. But, you know, if it was something, a, a younger product, you would probably target on TikTok, you know, because that's where your target, it, it's identifying who your target audience is and then identifying their behaviors, like what platforms are they on and then targeting those platforms. Yeah, I mean, really all, like, I mean, it's is. May, may or may not be true, but I, I, from my experience, really most platforms anyways are all that I have ex have experienced with do have a lot of targeting um, that you can apply that can range from, you know, people who are, you, you know, looking to retire or people who are looking to buy, I don't know, what are those products that TikTok makes you buy? I don't, I, I also don't Oh, like that little old, octopus, that octopus plush toy that you can um, flip inside out and then it becomes a sad face or you flip it the other way and it's a happy face and it it's what people have, use to communicate their mood I have no idea what you're talking about but sure let's go with that I feel but, so hip right now <laughs> that I knew that and you don't I, I know I know that's sad but um you know uh, again for for kind of you know more older an older audience I would say they are mostly on you know Facebook um you know, maybe, maybe Instagram, Instagram is for kind of a younger audience, but, um, you know, Facebook, again, it would be kind of the first platform I would dive into if I was just starting out. Um, again, it does have a lot of targeting parameters that you can apply, but again, these newer platforms like also Snapchat and TikTok, they would be kind of geared more towards a younger audience and you probably wouldn't want to be advertising retirement, any kind of services <laughs> on those platforms. You can try for sure. Um, but uh, again, yeah, you definitely need to know your, your audience before you decide um, what platforms you're going to advertise on for sure. I think it actually wouldn't hurt for them to advertise like retirement and financial stability and health to the younger generation, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's information that you don't learn in school. And then especially for like the millennial generation, I think we were the first ones out that started realizing that we're not being equipped with the right information. So anyway, that's a side note, but no, you know, you're right, actually. And I take that back, actually, because on TikTok, you are seeing a lot of I do. I personally, maybe because of what I'm searching for, I do see some uh, finance wealth management ads. And I'm seeing a lot of these like influencers popping up who are like, uh, you know, finance experts trying to give people advice on this stuff. So I, I, so again, you know, I think it really does depend on who you are yourself, what you're searching for, what your interests are. 
Um, and then those ads are probably going to pop up to you. So again, you should really try try out different platforms. It's strange that you started by saying if you're looking to target a younger audience, go for TikTok. But the two oldest people here are the two only people who are on TikTok right now. <laughs> oh wait, wow. you guys, you and Urgen aren't on TikTok? No. Oh, no. it is an addicting platform. There is some talent on that That's, platform. Yeah. Let me tell you. It's, it's not even talent. It's just doom scrolling at this point when you That's, have apps. Absolutely nothing to do. I get <laughs> I get sucked into it because my friends and and these are friends group that range from like their twenties to their forties. Even the forty year olds send me like video links to TikTok, and we end up like just going down the rabbit hole and start watching videos. It is very addicting, actually. So I, I I take like, it back. I take it back. <laughs> like you'll be lying in bed, and then an hour later, you're like, I'm still on here. This is crazy. But I would definitely download it. You guys would be would probably like it. Yeah, so I think going back to the original question, the answer would just be any large platform with reach will have the tools to make you target who you want to target. Yeah, I should amend my earlier statement. <laughs> it's know your target market and know where yeah. they're at, but also be able to identify they're probably on all of these large platforms. You mm -hmm. just have to really narrow down um, how you're targeting them onto each platform. So dealing with these different platforms and, and as we're talking about different age groups that use them, do you see more people of a certain age group interacting with a certain platform or no? We do see, I mean, again, it really depends on what your KPI is, um, which stands for key performance indicator, whether you're looking for, you know, reach and awareness or you're looking for engagement or video views or, you know, whatever it is, we kind of see different platforms performing differently amongst age groups. I know that was a very vague and broad answer, but it really does honestly also, and I would say probably mainly depend on the content that you're putting out there. And, you know, of course, content is king. You're going to need to make sure that your content, your ads are really speaking to who your target audience is. You know, you're, you're showing them what you want to see. Um, or sorry, you're showing them what they want to see, not even what you want to see. It needs to be what they want to see. So, um, you know, for, for example, on Facebook, we do see a lot of times that the kind of older age um, group, they have a, like a higher engagement rate, like the rate at which they're kind of liking the ads or commenting or sharing. Um, versus the younger age groups, but the younger age groups have kind of a higher reach. Um, so we get kind of more impressions um, on the ads from that age group. So it really, it really depends. That can you know vary from campaign to campaign. No two campaigns are really the same for us. Um, whereas you know if you use a platform like YouTube, you would kind of see um, a higher video view rate from the younger audience. But again, this is not like a blanket statement. You really need to test out different content and see what's performing best um, for different demographics. So speaking of YouTubers, and this goes the same for like Instagram influencers or like people on like, you know, groups on Facebook. Um, do you guys work more with ads directly from the platform or do you kind of work with influencers or YouTubers themselves to create ads? So I'm glad you mentioned that because what, um, at least what my team does, we work exclusively with influencers. So we do influencer content marketing, you know, where we pair, um, you know, 
influencers with brands to be their brand ambassadors, I guess, so to speak. Um, so what we, what our process is, we get, um, we cast these talent, as we call them, um, based on the brand's preferences, based on their criteria and the ad campaign they're trying to run. And then we have these talent, um, you know, organically posts the ads to their pages, like whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, Twitter, wherever. Um, and then once they've posted the content, we, you know, on the back end, we'll kind of take that content and boost it or promote it um, at scale using these ad platforms and using the reach that they have to offer to us. So again, we'll, you know, we'll need access to their, their handles, of course. So we use them to promote on all these different platforms. Sometimes we will kind of what we call dark post, which is, you know, they, you know, they they won't post natively on their platforms. We'll kind of just get our own assets, get our own text and use their handle to promote it. Of course, with their permission, we're not just doing this behind their back. You know, they know that we're doing this, but um, yeah. So so a lot of times we're just kind of boosting the content that they've posted um, natively. Um, and then we kind of take it from there. You know, we optimize towards top performing content, top performing talent, top performing platform. We analyze the data and we really try to tell, you know, a story based off of what we find. So actually, one of the questions that came through on our DMs to actually fall, it, it ties into this is, is influencer marketing right for my startup? So someone who is just starting their business, um, trying to get their product or service out there, how do they know whether influence marketing is right for them and at what stage of their business they should incorporate it? Well, I would say if you are interested in digital marketing um, and you have the budget to invest in an influencer, I will tell you they can be pretty expensive and, you know, divas, so they have some demands. So if you are ready to pay them and to meet their demands, um, then I would say go for it. You know, uh, definitely people love to see their favorite influencers and celebrities in ads, I personally can say that I love to see that. So if you have the budget for it, I would say that would be a great move. Um, if you don't, you know, there's still so much available for you um, on digital marketing. You can still, you know, try to target who you need to target, put out really engaging content, you know, that don't need to have influencers necessarily. But I would think that initially, um, since, you know, if you're starting up, you may not have the budget for it, but as you, as you grow, as you scale, I think that should be a really, that could be a really great next step to dive into influencer content marketing specifically. Yeah. I think it's important to also know, because like we also work with influencer marketing is, you know, don't assume always that going after the influencer with 2 million followers will be more lucrative for you than going after an influencer with only like 20,000 followers. Because if you have like a specific niche product or service and you know exactly there's like a niche market for this, then if there is an influencer that's like really part of what your niche market is and they only have 20,000 followers, your conversion rate could be higher. Versus if you go to an influencer that doesn't really relate to your brand or to your service or product, but they have 2 million followers, the conversion rate can be super low and it might not, you know, be as effective as it would have been going with someone. So I think it's also make sure that you're not just measuring by these like numbers that you see publicly, right? Which is like number of followers and assume that's going to make a difference. Like also do your research on whether this person aligns with your brand, whether it would fit within their like actual feed and you know how they would be able to like market your product effectively. 
And do they have the audience that would respond to that? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned followers because the thing is, when you're doing digital marketing, when you're doing paid media, it really honestly doesn't matter how many followers the influencer has because you could reach the audience you need to reach anyways, um, you know, with the targeting that these platforms offer. So you can like if if an influencer has two million followers, you can easily reach more than that if you just apply, you know, various targeting um, in these ad platforms themselves. So again, if you have the budget for this, you know, definitely go for it because organically it would probably be a hit. Um, even, you know, with paid media, it would probably, you know, be more engaging if you did put an influencer. But again, just going back to testing, 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 you should just test a lot of different content with or without influencers and see what works best for your brand. Okay, next question. Should I hire someone to do digital marketing for me or should I do it myself? Is it easy to learn? Well, I could say from experience, um, it is it is pretty easy to learn. Like initially, if you're trying to just get the basics of these platforms down, anyone could honestly do it themselves. These platforms are available for to anybody, not just big companies. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say it's easy. I think because I was kind of interested in it and I liked it, it was easy for me to learn. But, um, you know, if you are, a, you know, a startup and you don't really have the budget to invest in, you know, full-blown marketing, definitely you can just sign up for a Facebook business account and start your own ad account and start launching, you know, these ads if you create, you know, of course, if you create content first. So, you know, to answer your question, you can start this yourself if you need to. If, you know, once you get bigger, you can definitely scale and hire a larger marketing team to handle this stuff because all all of the nitty gritty does take you know, is a bit time consuming to be doing all by yourself. And especially if you're handling, you know, more than one or two campaigns at a time, I would say um, eventually you should probably hire someone, but you can probably start to learn this by yourself. Yeah, I think that's that's also an important point, right? And this is about the overall journey of an entrepreneur is you need to know when when you're bootstrapping, when you do things yourself and you need to know when to invest in growing your team or getting resources together to do things that you're not good at or to make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin, because that also strategically might affect your business. So it's important to have that balance where if you truly like right now are completely bootstrapping and don't have access to, you know, monetary resources to get someone else to do it and you have to do it yourself, then go for it. Do it yourself. The information is out there. You know, even Facebook's ad platform, they have like a breakdown of how you're supposed to do everything, how you're supposed to set everything up. So it is something that an individual can manage themselves, but it is time consuming. It does require thought and strategy behind it. So be ready to relinquish that to a team member as you grow. Like don't just assume that you can do everything yourself because part of an entrepreneur's journey is you wear a lot of hats, but then you have to delegate. You can't keep spreading yourself thin and you should really focus your strengths on what you're good at. So this next question we got basically in the midst of the pandemic right now, well, hopefully right now we're in the end of it, but they asked, is the pandemic affecting digital marketing? I'm noticing some of my ads aren't doing as well. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, honestly, I don't know. I can't really say for sure if it's affecting ad performance during the pandemic, you know, our company definitely did have a lot of backouts where, 
people just didn't think it was, or brands just didn't think it was worth it to invest in ads at that moment. So if it did affect anything, it was really just <laughs> the amount of revenue that was coming in. But the ad performance itself, I wouldn't really say was super affected by it, just because we were, you know, putting a lot of strategic thought behind how we were optimizing, um, you know, our digital campaigns. We really did try to, you know, smartly dedicate our media dollars more towards our top performing, you know, pieces of content or, you know, try to be smart about who we were, the influencers we were hiring um, to partner up with these brands. So, you know, I would say even in the midst of this pandemic, there are ways to kind of get out of this, um, you know, to get out of this rut or to, you know, try to get better performance for your ads. So again, I would say spe specifically, we didn't really see a lot of bad performance per se. We just really had to be strategic about how we were buying our media. I think if you were like maybe like a concert or, you know, you were like trying to advertise a concert, then it would probably get hard, right? Because there was like lockdown and you couldn't have social gatherings. So I think it also depends on what your business was. I don't think they specified what their business was. So it's, it's hard to really tell what could have been influencing it. It could have e even been the messaging itself, right? Even if you're a business that couldn't operate at its full capacity during the pandemic, there's always ways to strategically use advertising to either keep your audience engaged, you know, find a new revenue channel. There, it, It's all about strategy at that point, right? So it really depends what industry you're in and what exactly you are doing with your content strategy and branding strategy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't really know what that product was. That's true. But I mean, you know, people like or brands like concerts and things like that weren't even advertising at that point. So, you know, people who are trying to actually sell specific products and services that actually a lot of people were, you know, I think online shopping probably <laughs> went through the roof during the pandemic. So that actually would have been a really great time to advertise if you were selling, you know, certain tangible products and services versus, you know, concerts or events. And that, that also could mean because more people are online shopping, the way the ads work and the bidding works for that, potentially that it was just more expensive to post an ad, which is why their ads weren't performing as well because their budget maybe wasn't as high as another person's budget for the same kind of category. Yeah, that, that could also be a, a big factor that you just weren't able to put a lot of money behind your ads. And that's why you couldn't get the performance you wanted for sure. So have things leveled out now in terms of brands backing out and uh, more saturated competition in the space? Well, we have some really amazing salespeople working with us who are very persuasive and <laughs> they brought them all back. So that all these brands came back with a vengeance. I mean, just kind of one after the other. Let's try to make up for lost times. Again, our salespeople are very convincing. They brought in everybody um, that we, you know, kind of had backed out during the pandemic for, with uh, even more than before. Well, there's revenge so shopping, at least, right? Like there's a lot of revenge yeah, that shopping. Too. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've been revenge so, shopping. Oh, trust me, <laughs> my wallet, it's pretty empty right now. But um, yeah, so I, I think my company anyways, you know, because we do have the, the money and the scale and resources to do that, we definitely came back from it. Um, we learned a lot from it too. And I think we came back stronger for it. All right. I think this is our last marketing question. It says, should I even bother with TV or magazine ads as a startup 
or should I just invest in the digital market? That's a tough question because I, I <laughs> does anyone watch TV honest, anymore? <laughs> like actually, I do. No, I no, watch no, no, cable. like actual cable no, YouTube TV. And Netflix. Yeah, 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 I do. I watch cable TV. Actually, I think I'm the only weirdo that does these days. But oh I mean, that's that's a tough question because I actually don't really have a background in TV or mag or print advertising. Uh, like I'm solely in digital, digital yeah. but we do have we do because my company does work in linear which is like television so um we definitely get a lot of those deals coming in um coupled with digital um deals but i would i would say probably I'd, i i don't know actually but i would think majority of advertising is probably digital these days or brands think it's more worth it to invest in digital since everyone is again online everyone is online everyone has some sort of online presence i would think um a lot of people don't again watch cable so you're not seeing these ads yeah streaming doesn't have a lot of these but they you know streaming i guess i would be digital anyways so i feel like on tv all you would really see is like doritos and like pepsi and and you know like those big name ones i don't know if like yeah. like these up and coming startups, I don't think they really land up on TV, right? I, I feel like TV is for like the big, the really big brands that are just like household items. Yeah, that or like if you're, let's go back to the retirement <laughs> example. <laughs> if you're, you know, I would think that audience would still be watching television if you're kind of like a senior citizen. So it really depends again, what your product is, what your service is. But I would definitely think that, a lot of advertisers are backing out of your traditional advertising, your TV, your print these days and um, shifting majority of their ad dollars to digital. Yeah, I think if for like print, maybe for like a cosmetic company, you can probably, you know, go in a magazine. But even then, you really have to just wait off. You really have to weigh out what is the best platform for your business. And that does require research, right? You can't just base it off of a feeling or a gut feeling you have, like you should do your research too to see like what type of audience engages with that platform, whether it's print or digital, and then who is your target market and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. And I think with digital, you also have a lot more, of course, data available for you to analyze versus if you advertise on television, you can't really get a good feel of who's watching that ad, right? You don't know who's in that room watching the TV screen. So also, if you're like one of the brands that mess up, you can delete digital, but technically you can't, <laughs> technically you can't delete anything on the internet. Um, but you know what I mean, right? Like print is harder to get rid of um, versus digital, you can quickly fix any errors that you might have had you know like if you made a spelling mistake or you want to switch out the imagery because maybe it's not working in digital it's easy to rectify that and try something different versus once print is done print is done you can't ask them to reprint something and redistribute yeah i heard that we uh <laughs> I don't want to say I did, but there have been some mistakes in the past for campaigns <laughs> where something was not right in the ad and yeah, you can fix it. But, you know, sometimes you get comments like, uh, what is this? And it's like, oh, shoot, that wasn't supposed to be there. So it happens, you know, it's human error. At the end of the day, this is all being run by a person. So um, that's a good that's a good and very funny point that. It can, it's true, you can fix digital ads, which we've had to do a couple of times, that's all I'll say. Which doesn't mean you should be stupid about it, because remember, kids, nothing on the internet gets deleted. 
Please remember that <laughs> disclaimer. I feel like we need to tell that to older people. Not yeah. Okay. Kids kids no, I, 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 no, I feel like everyone. Yeah. Not I, I. I'm saying kids as a form of the world and every <laughs> age group. It's don't assume that just because you've deleted it, it's gone and erased because it's not. People. People take screenshots. That's all I will say. There's also like those databases that run that just like are constantly taking screenshots like every minute Mm -hmm. or every second of like celebrity accounts or something just to like have receipts, which is just the the internet (laughs) is an unforgiving place. It really is. It just just gives me anxiety. It does. You know, it does. I mean, the kids today that, you know, are in this age of social media, oh my goodness, it's like you really have to be careful what you're putting out there. It's permanent. But what I meant was if you have like a spelling mistake, a typo, you can, you know, quick fix it versus on print, you can't. Yes, this is true. If you have a politically incorrect problem, then I do not advise anything to you because that's that's not my area. That's PR. Just. That's PR relations. <laughs> then, then then you need your PR team to get involved. Just get just get off Twitter. Yeah, that's the advice I'd give. Oh, you. Oh, for sure. People definitely need to get off Twitter sometimes. So I had one more question. Um, this one wasn't in our DMs, but this is just something I'm personally curious about is with these new changes that's coming with Apple and their privacy policies, they're, they're doing a lot of changes on the app side as well. Um, and they're just being more kind of, they're locking down more on data for their users, things like that. Have you seen any changes or have, have, have you had to do any changes with you and your team to deal with this? So I've definitely seen the literal red flags on our platforms that kind of tell you that this is about to happen. Um, We haven't encountered anything crazy yet. Um, I do know that Facebook in recent years have been kind of cutting down on the targeting that they're offering on the platforms. And I don't know if this will actually limit it more. Um, I think this might have some sort of implications when it comes to tagging, like using third-party vendors to track data, which a lot of times we get that request from our clients that we want, like, for example, um, DCM or, you know, Google's campaign manager tags appended to our Facebook ads so they can on their end see how it's tracking while we on our end see how it's tracking on Facebook. So I think it might have some sort of limitations with that front. But again, we haven't seen too many limitations, but, you know, yet I think this is still kind of rolling out. So I'll probably have an update for you later. I also heard someone's microwave going off. Who's cooking what? That was probably a car driving by. Oh. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of airplane noises. Like, I'm I'm looking at the recording, and I just see every time an airplane passes by, I just see these little blue waves coming around. (laughs) Gore's going to have a lot of fun with this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think think maybe Anita's hungry again, too. She's hearing microwaves (laughs) going off. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's interesting recording. Hopefully we'll all get into the studio again. It's interesting trying to record when we're on Zoom and then we can't really hear what the final episode or like the rough raw cut is going to sound like because you have to combine four different audios. Yeah, it's not it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is just when you're listening to all the audio 
and you have to make sure nothing's weird. You just hear all the mouth sounds and little creeps <laughs> and like, the bodily noises, and you just have to sit through it and get it all. First of all, you do not. There's no way you can hear like bodily noises, like a heart you thumping. You would be surprised. Oh my goodness! Did you hear my stomach growling a second ago? <laughs> well, I heard the microwave go off, so pro- it was probably you then. Maybe I'm not sure what's going on behind me. To be honest. It's it's podcast production is very very interesting. It'll be so funny if like someone says something and then if the our editing team doesn't do it right and it's like a five second delay and then all you hear is ha 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 ha. <laughs> It'll sound so awkward. Good luck, Gora. Yeah, but yeah, you know, that's just a little inside. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, season two is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. All right, Russia. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for being, being on, on the show. Having you on. Yeah, we do appreciate well, having you on. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Let's do it again sometime. We'll yeah. See. We'll check our schedule. Wow. Yeah. We'll wow. Let you know. Okay. Okay. Um, also, if you want to do this, you know, po- this podcast was sponsored by Versha's mom. So, you know, Versha, can you, can you, <laughs> any single yeah, any single guys, Versha, do you want any qualifications? End it, like, Gorv, you want to air? Gorv, end it. <laughs> <laughs>